Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 966. People say I'm talented. I say it's 90% hard work. Hard work and then consistency. Those, to me, are the two keys to success. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Cheryl Kelly. Hey, Cheryl, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. All right. Paintbrush in hand. Cheryl Kelly is an artist who is classically trained in oil paint and has taken her passion and love for cars, muscle cars, and put her own stamp on the subject matter. She started painting at the young age of 10 and grew up in the formative 60s. She often paints on aluminum that plays well to the reflections on the surfaces of automobiles, allowing the viewer to go deeper and to see something more in the form. The quality and mystery of these reflections take the viewer out of the mundane and into her dream world. The nostalgia of the American dreams, along with cars, make her art very unique, and Cheryl adds her own feminine stamp on the subject matter, taking the beauty of the object and going beyond the surface. So, Cheryl, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles and painting? Uh, sure, Mark. So, I am a hyper-realist painter, painting in oil paint, like you said, and I started my career uh, pretty pretty quickly with uh, abstract expressionism um, back in late 90s. And uh, I found myself, I, I'd had a car collection um, over the many years, and I'd also had kind of a fascination with classic cars since I was a child. But I found myself as an abstract painter just repeatedly being mesmerized by the reflections in the cars. And I started to pull some of those abstractions into my abstract paintings. And uh, at some point, it just became clear to me I was supposed to change directions and become uh, a full-on hyper-realist, photorealist painter with the cars as my subject matter. And it took off. It took off first in Houston and then in New York. And I I did really well. It sort of became obvious that it was the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've been doing. Well, it's beautiful. You know, when I look at your artwork, yeah, hyper-realism, they look like photographs almost, but there's elements to the art that's very different than just being in a photograph. And I think that's what kind of draws the viewer into your artwork. And we're going to learn a lot more about how you do this and your passions as we continue on this journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is something that's important to you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Cheryl, take the wheel. Okay, I, this is Napoleon Hill, and if you haven't heard of him, look him up. He's just oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a favorite, favorite guy. But I love this quote. Somewhere in your makeup, there lies sleeping, the seed of achievement, which if aroused and put into action will carry you to heights that you may have never hoped to attain. Mm, I love it that. Definitely applies, definitely applies to what happened with the car paintings for me. Yeah. It never occurred to me <laughs> that I would be painting cars, but it seemed to, seemed to work. How have you pulled that concept, that quote, into the artwork you create? I think I think finding your instinct and finding an intuition that says do this, even though it doesn't necessarily 
makes sense in the whole context. Sometimes you have to run with something. Like it says, there's a seed. You have to find that seed and, and give it a little room to grow. And then sometimes it turns out to be something that you just had no idea. And for me, the car painting, changing from the abstractions to the to the photorealism, um, was sort of just a, I was just going to play with it and do one show, basically, to give myself a break from from the monotony of the abstractions. And and I sold out and it, <laughs> I sold out and the next, the next show was in New York and it was just so quick. Um, so if I hadn't, if I hadn't followed that, that seed of inspiration, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any success. Um, you know, you have to, you have to try it. And, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you try something else. Uh, so that's, that's a quote that I use in life anywhere. Just be, be sensitive to that little nugget or that little seed of inspiration and see where it goes. It could be the thing that launches, you know, that changes. launches and yeah, changes could, the career. Yeah. You yeah, know, you have never idea. You never, never know. Your story reminds me a lot of an artist I had on the show and I've had hundreds of artists on the show, Scott Jacobs, who was very similar. He was painting rather abstract paintings and a friend of his said, why don't you try something different? Because he was frustrated that he wasn't having success from a monetization standpoint. And he started painting Mm -hmm. his passion for Harley Davidson motorcycles. And the rest is history for Scott. He's an incredibly successful painter. He does very realistic artwork and uh, most people out there know of his work. So your story is very much like his. I I love the fact that you followed that little nugget, as you say, down the path that you have. Uh, Let's go back in time because it's it's, uh, pretty unique when I find an artist who's a woman and an automotive enthusiast. I had an understand a few weeks ago, Lynn Heiner, who's very similar. She's an automotive painter of cars. But I would love to know your story that instigated your passion for cars. Go back in time and tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car gal. Okay. I don't know. You know, I was a, ton- a tomboy and I had a whole set of Hot Wheel cars as a little kid. And cool. I used to play in the dirt and <laughs> I mean, I had Barbies too, but I, I just was very, was very much an outdoor, no shoes, uh, climbing trees kind of a kid. And so I always had Hot Wheels. I can't remember not having them. But what I, what I really remember clearly is when the Stingray, uh, when the Stingray hit my attention at somewhere between five and six years old. Wow. I just was, I was, I was amazed at how beautiful it was. I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, it was girly. It was like, the car that Barbie would drive. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it just, it just really got into my head. And I would, I would notice them driving with my parents. I'd point them out, mom, dad, there's a Corvette, there's a Corvette. And uh, somewhere early in elementary school, there, there was actually a shop near my house that repaired classic Corvettes. And um, I, I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth grade, this is seventies when kids are making prank calls and doing obnoxious seventies kid stuff. I would call the Corvette store and pretend that I had a Corvette and I was bringing it into <laughs> the shop to get repaired. And oh I would my say gosh. things like, um, the car has a funny noise. Can I bring it in? And they'd say, sure. What's your name? And I would, I would live in this fantasy world where I owned a Corvette <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I did this a few times. And of course I never brought my fake Corvette in. Yeah. It, it was something of a, uh, I don't know. It was definitely pointing towards something in the future, but it was also kind of a dysfunctional <laughs> fantasy world of an of a eight-year-old. But that, that might have been where, where the 
kind of noticing the feminine aspects of the car where it got into me mm-hmm. in a in a deep way. And then fast forward, my, my dad um, bought me a 1970 Dotson Roadster for my graduation present from oh. high school, oh. which, you know, that was 1987. So it was a classic then. Yeah. And, and it started me on this on this uh, classic car collection thing. And I've, I've owned several of them. Um, and it, and it, it was nothing fancy really. They, they were all mostly, um, you know, just simple cars like the Datsun, but, but I loved it. And, and for a 17 year old, it was really fun to drive around in that little thing. No kidding. And well, so it, it, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where it came from. Well, somewhere there's a, a Corvette re- re- uh, repair shop guy going, I don't know what I'm saying wrong to this lady every time she calls me to take her car and she never shows up. I must be doing something <laughs> wrong, but that's hilarious. That's the first, that's the first time I heard of a kid's prank that does that. Yeah. So yeah, you were well, definitely. To, there's a, there's a little funny end of that story. I did eventually buy a 1977 Corvette, which is about the year that I was, that I was you know, <laughs> fantasizing about it. Yeah. And I did take it to that shop, and I did have it worked on. They did a, a bunch of body work for me. And, and the, the man that now owned the shop had worked there when I was a child, and he, he had taken over. He didn't remember my calls, but he was just, you know, just so loved the story. And uh, I ended up giving him a print of my work to hang on his office wall and things like that. But it was uh, it was fun to have my car there finally <laughs> after all those years, 30 years or so. Yeah. Well, the dream did come true. And as, if I remember right, because I had a sister, Barbie did have a Corvette. There was a Barbie Corvette. <laughs> yeah, it was pink. Yeah, I, rem- I remember right. that car. Yeah, I wanted her to get that because my sister was not into cars, but she was into Barbie. So I said, you got to get this. You got to get this, Lisa. And she finally did. So. I love that story. Right. A wonderful story. Well, Cheryl, what I want to do now is take a look at the many roads you've driven down. Trying to make a living as an artist is definitely a challenge and difficult, no matter how talented you are. So I'd love for you to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career, your life, and kind of walk us through that and tell us what that experience helped you learn. Yeah, I mean, this this question is difficult. I was trying to decide if I wanted to uh, go too deep into this, but I, but I will say that I had some pretty serious health issues when I was uh, in my, well, most of my adult life mm. until now I'm doing great, actually. Oh, but good. Until I moved out of Texas, I had some environmental illness and very sensitive to the pollution there. Mm-hmm. Moved here to California on the coast and, and everything improved. So, oh, good. Um, the, 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 the primary health issues, which were, which were at times severe, um, were during the time mostly that I was, that I was uh, developing my paintings as an artist with cars in it. And so I had a, I think that the newfound success in my career sort of helped me through the challenges. Um, and of course, if you're self-employed, you can make your own hours. And so if I felt bad, I could, I could rest mm-hmm. and I could work other times, but it was very, very, very challenging for me to, to have found success and to, to have the need to push myself harder than I had ever pushed myself and to be, and to be ill. Uh, yeah. um, I was having some uh, severe kidney problems at the time and, uh, and it was scary, and I and and I wasn't sure. My doctor wasn't even sure if I was if I was going to make it. Actually, oh my when gosh, I was 30, 30, 30, 35. Oh. Um, but I made it through that. I, I discovered some of the things that were causing it and eliminated those from my life, and and things have improved tremendously. So, oh, wow, I'd say it was about ten years of 
of um, struggle before I before I realized what was causing the kidney problem. Yeah, wow. Um, and, and and by and by the way, let me just throw in there: yeah. it was it was gluten. Just for any listeners that might be struggling with um, unexplained illness, get off the gluten. Just give it a, a try. Oh wow! So it was, and yeah. then that, and then the and then the pollution. So the combination of changing my diet and moving to California has changed my health. But wow. that was that was during that time that I was having success, and I just kept. I think, and I pushed myself so hard as an artist that it also probably affected my health too. It made it even more challenging because I was just driven. And right. sometimes when you when you're faced with a challenge like that, you're you're just like, I'm not going to let this get me. So you you work harder and you work so hard that you almost make it worse. Yeah. I, I was in that state for a while. Oh wow! Well, so yeah, I appreciate yeah, you taking. Yeah, I appreciate you taking us to a really personal time in your life. And I, my takeaway from this is. And it's kind of common cliche, but pay attention to your body. Listen to what your body's telling you. Seek out help. And if things aren't right, uh, explore alternatives. And I think the fact that you change your physical location in life, that's a major decision to make. It's difficult. It was. You know? It was hard. Yeah. And it took me took me two and a half years to sell my house. So it wasn't like I could just up and leave. I had a big house that I built and, and with my first husband. It was It was really all around, but... You know, you make a decision that's best for you, and you you do what it takes to get there. And sometimes it's not easy, but it's always for the best. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad everything turned out on the positive side. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Now, you reflected on one, I like the way I use that word reflection, on one <laughs> when you shifted from abstract to hyper-realism. And maybe that is your aha moment, but is there one you could share with us that stands out for you? I think I think that is really it. I'm going to go into some more detail about that. Great. I remember an exact moment. <laughs> this, is, this is so funny. I can even tell you where I was in Houston, Texas, sitting at a stoplight. Um, and then I guess the car, the cars behind me started honking. And I realized that the light had changed. And I was staring at the car next to me. And I was moving just slightly to the left and the right and noticing that when I moved, the reflection moves. And I was basically lost in this reflection and uh you know somebody might have i don't know i don't do any drugs so somebody might have accused me of i don't know what but i know that i i kind of snapped too with people honking at me oh, because yeah. the light was changed and i was in the middle of the road and i'm just tranced out on this car next to me sure. with these uh, trippy reflections and it was right then that i was like wow this is cool. There's so much more in that automobile right. than people know. Yeah. And I want to catch that. And so that was a very specific moment as an artist where I decided to to not only paint cars, but to really to show people how to see things, mm-hmm. to show them the way to look. If you if you don't if you don't take the time and look at something, you, you don't notice that everything's sort of magical and right. you know, mesmerizing. And so that that was really an important moment. And it was a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounds like it. You know, it's it's interesting. I love to take photographs of cars. I go to a lot of events, and I remember standing with a man in uh, Carmel-by-the-Sea, and it was a beautiful old Porsche. It was black, and the morning was kind of o- over cl- clouds overhead, the fog, and so forth, so forth. And I was really looking into this hood and taking pictures up close, and the this guy goes, excuse me, he goes, what are you taking pictures of? And I said, see the reflections of the beautiful pine trees in the fender? And he said, Mm-hmm. How'd you see that? And I said, well, right. <laughs> you have to take a step back or into the car and look deeper. And then he said, oh, my gosh, look at this car over here. And then I kept running into him throughout the day. And he goes, 
oh, Mark, I saw some really cool reflections in a hubcap over there. And I said, well, there you go. You've learned yeah. to look differently at things. And, and you're right. That is the key element of, of a lot of artists' interpretation, right? Yes, and you probably changed that man's life. I mean, he probably sees everything that way. <laughs> yeah, he's probably cursing me. He's probably sitting at an intersection getting honked at right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's talk right. about a proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many. You've created so many beautiful works of art. You talk about that Corvette. One of your paintings I love is that blue Corvette that you did. But uh, tell me about a proudest career moment. Oh, wow. I, you know, I've had, I've had a few that were really exciting. It's hard to even pick one. Maybe the first time I had an article about my work in the New York Times. Oh, wow. They've been, it's been in there a couple of times. Yes. And that was probably 2005 or six. Wow. Um, it just, it just sort of blew me away that, that they would notice this, you know, this girl from Texas who paints cars. But that was just the first of many, uh, many major review uh, publications in New York. And so I've been really, I've been really lucky to get their attention and, so that that's maybe the most important one. I've had others. I have a I have a really special collector that that has purchased uh I don't even know how many close to 50 paintings of mine. Oh my it's gosh. Art Foundation. It's an art foundation called Seven Bridges in Connecticut and mm-hmm. uh Richard McKenzie is a collector of realism, but he also loves cars and so he's commissioned me. I think I have one wall that has I don't even know how many paintings, 21 or so, 50s cars. And then there's a, there's so many other paintings wow. <laughs> and commission. The commission's just still moving forward. So I guess whenever he first decided to take, to take me on as one of his, um, one of his artists that he collects, that was just a huge moment for me in my career. And yes. I'm so grateful, so grateful for that collector and the, and the attention it's brought me. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's go back in time. You, you shared a little bit about some cars you've had, but let's talk about your first really special car. What was that? Okay, I'm going to go back to the Datsun. Okay. Uh, we talked about the Datsun. And so that that car, it was just, I don't know if you've ever seen this car. It's a it's it's like a clown car. It's so small. Okay, so remind um, us of the, mean, remind us of the year and model. It was a 1970 Datsun Roadster convertible. Yeah. And it was, uh, I guess, it's smaller than an NG midget. It's just tiny. Um, pretty rare. 1600, Datsun 1600. And um, I have this one memory. I, you know, it, to me, it was just, it was my car. But I was on the freeway in Houston traffic. And if you've been to Houston, you'll know what that means. <laughs> Uh, driving home from driving home from work, which at the time was I was working at Astroworld. I, I've had art jobs since I was, you know, sixteen. So this was an art job. I was doing caricatures and portraits at Astroworld. It's a Six Flags theme park. Mm-hmm. Driving home, rush hour traffic, basically stopped on the freeway with the top down, and it's an old car. There's no power button. Right. You know, it's a Datsun. Yeah. So it starts to rain. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to pull over. You know, seven lanes of traffic. It starts to rain. I'm in bumper to bumper traffic. It's not safe to get out and put this. So I, I had an umbrella. So I just <laughs> opened my umbrella. <laughs> and this is one of those Houston rainstorms where you know you better you better have something because it's gonna have uh, it's gonna be flooded in a minute. Right. Um, it was it wasn't 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 sprinkling. So I I just opened my umbrella and just drove down the street. That's hilarious. People, people laughing at me. Of course, my car got wet, but yeah, um, it was. That was a fun little. Memory. Oh my gosh! I tell you, that car is a special <laughs> place in my heart because when I was a kid, 
There was a gentleman across the street that had a 67 a Datsun Roadster, and I was turning 16, and I wanted that car, and he offered to sell it to me. And my dad, of course, the parents, you know, I'm glazed over. I didn't pay attention to anything. My dad's saying, uh, did you notice all the oil that's always under that car? And so we, we had it looked over, and it just, it was about, the engine was about to grenade, so that was not the right one for me. But he let me drive it. And I just remember, oh, this is so awesome. I want this car so mm-hmm. bad. But it was it not was, the it was, it was not the smart car for me to buy. So uh <laughs> well I love that. I hope somebody got a picture of you with your umbrella on the Houston freeway. That's <laughs> that's classic. I hope I hope it was like a big polka dotted umbrella or something really cool like that. So, <laughs> I don't remember. That's fun. I know it was it was it was funny. That's <laughs> that's for sure. How about sellers remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back? Um, yeah, I have to, I have to go with my 77 Corvette. I, um, I, whenever I moved here to California from Houston, I had a um, 1977 white T-tops. It was just perfect. It was, uh, when I bought it, it had 66,000 original miles and perfect condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold it to my brother. Uh, so it was in the family, but you know, I moved to a place, a rugged California, 12 acre ranch where my gravel driveway could not handle the Corvette and I didn't want to pay for storage in town. So I sold the car to him and, and that's one car that I wish I'd been able to keep. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was special. And, this, uh, is that the C3? Really pretty. The third generation? No. no? Do I have my, uh, no. do I have my cars mixed up a little bit here? I might just do that, but no. uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the, yeah, it's the first one that doesn't have the Stingray emblem on it, but it's still the Stingray body style. Got 77 it. with the T-tops. Anyway, gorgeous car. Yeah, nice. And, uh, that's, that, yeah, that's the one that the the guy that I had called when I was a child repaired. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> nice. A little body work. I love that. Um, and, and buyer's remorse. Yeah, I had, I had one car, a newer car. I had a, a 2003 Mercedes ML 350. Um, I know I, I, I had another classic Mercedes in the meantime that I loved. And so I, I really thought this was the car. So I bought a newer one and had it for a week and said it was used and mm-hmm. it had some issues. And I just said, no, thank you. And I gave it back and bought a Land Rover instead. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it, yeah, I didn't like that car. I felt like I felt like I was driving a, a Toyota or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it had the same quality that that Mercedes had. You know, back in the eighties, I had a nineteen eighty. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that, yeah, that was the one car that I didn't really like. There you go. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. We're into February, the new year here. I'd love for you to share what has you really excited and fired up about this year and creating art. Oh wow! Um, well, I have a I have a bunch of new prints that I just had done recently, and I'm you know putting those on my website for sale and hoping to have a little more interest in, in that end of my work um, coming up. And one of the reasons why I am putting my prints out is because I'm doing some other projects that don't involve cars. I'm actually doing some um, some new work. So I'm just playing around and, and getting uh, my art world a little more expanded. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's um, probably going to result in a show later in this year in New York, but it's all kind of still up in the air. So pushing the prints because the cars are, um, uh, you know, for now on hold uh, as far as new work goes, except for commissions. I, I do, I do always do commissions. Sure, so. absolutely. Um, What's your website for people to go and see your artwork? It's CherylKelly.com. 
And um, there's also, if you just Google, there's many, many articles on Google that aren't on the website and, and images, too. The, the website has a lot, but there's there's a lot more just on online. Absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners, I'll put a link to Cheryl's website on her Cars yeah show notes page at CarsYow.com. So check out her website, her artwork. I think you're going to love what you see. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Cheryl, and I love asking artists this question. What kind of car would you be? And it's not what you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself manifested into a vehicle. <laughs> okay. Uh, this uh, this question, you know, this it's, almost, it's, an, it's an embarrassing question. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no. Don't think I of mean, it. It's a creative question. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as, as, as a painter of classic cars, and there's so many beautiful cars, like, you know, I love Delahaye's. They're just so feminine and right. sensual and curvy. But, but I'm not... I'm not glam, you know, I'm not a glam girl like that. I'm I'm more practical. So I would have to say a Range Rover. Oh, okay. So something that's rugged, off-road, you know, outdoorsy, but classy. Yeah, <laughs> there's that tomboy coming back. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, good. See, that wasn't yep. so hard, was it? <laughs> you can blame a fellow artist, Harold Cleworth, who was a guest on my show years ago. He's an artist from the Venice area of California who paints realistic car paintings. And he's the one that gave me the idea for that question. So uh, you'll have to give uh, Howard mm-hmm. a call or Harold a call rather and, and complain <laughs> yeah. to him. Well, Cheryl, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you <laughs> to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners. This is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school way back in 19. 19- 75. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? to design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Cheryl, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions 
and ask you to give our listeners a very quick blip of the throttle answer. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? All-wheel drive. (laughs) (laughs) All-wheel drive. Yep. Yes. There's that Range Rover back. Would you share one of your personal Mm -hmm. habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Oh, yes. Um, Finishing what I start Mm. and the work ethic to, to do that. Yeah. Well, I tell you, being uh, self-employed and being an artist, uh, easy to get distracted. You got to get up and work every day. I've heard so many of my guests who are artists, who are writers, all sorts of things. You just have to get up and do it. Or as some people say, swallow that frog. Just do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources we all have today, especially with the World Wide Web. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? Okay, this is not even related to cars, but I could not paint without Audible. I paint 100% of my paintings to audiobook, uh, so I'd, I'd have to I have to put a plug for Audible. I love it. I just yeah yeah that's how I how I get work done. Absolutely, my wife is listening to audiobooks all the time. I think she mm-hmm. probably reads or listens to three or four books a week. It seems like she loves that. Yep, so, so do I. Yeah, yeah, now, wonderful. If, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry living or deceased, or I'll even say the artistic world, who would that be? Oh, that's easy. Henry Ford. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, yeah, and simply because he he was such a, um, you know, a, a trailblazer, and he had a vision. He didn't necessarily know how to to achieve that vision, but he was determined, and his determination obviously has paid off. So yeah. it's uh, – it's not about the cars so much that I would sit and talk with them, but I would sit and talk with them just to be inspired of how to achieve my goals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible person. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read or listened to that you think our listeners would enjoy? I just finished this book, and I think every person who wants to be successful in life should read this book, and it's called The Five-Second Rule by Meg Robbins. Mm. Um, I, I love these kind of inspirational self-help books. They just they keep me going, but uh, this book is She's a New York Times bestseller, Five Second Rule by Meg Robbins. There you go. If you read it, it will change your life. It's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Cheryl has shared. That's a little tongue twister. Cheryl has shared on her Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com. Type in Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, and you'll find that page with all these great links. All right, Cheryl, we are up to the checkered flag. This is where it gets a little fun, but a little challenging. I call it the question of a doozy. So I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. Money's no object, doesn't matter, but I'm going to park it in your garage. What's it going to be? Oh, yes. Probably late 40s or early 50s Mercedes. Really classic, really simple, really elegant. And something I would love to have. Oh my goodness! Well, we've uh, we've covered a pretty good late forties, early fifties, but yeah, that era of Mercedes, those hand built, just mm-hmm. tanks, um, yes, beautiful, beautiful gorgeous. cars. Now, given your experience in the rain, do you want a convertible or a hardtop? <laughs> no, I want a hardtop. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I will get to work and see what I can find for you. But that sounds like a, a fun car to have for sure. Well. Cheryl, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive and artistic journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the forest there where you live in that uh, late <laughs> 40s, early 50s Mercedes? Yes, I think uh, if, if every person would just focus on 
obviously hard work. People say I'm talented. I say it's 90% hard work. Hard work and then consistency. Those, to me, are the two keys to success. Yeah, absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing? You know, I have um, my website, CherylKelly.com. Also, my, on my Facebook page, Cheryl Kelly Artist. Uh, that may have the most current, up-to-date information and, and current paintings that I finish. Um, and you can reach me through either one. So, awesome. yeah, those are the best two. Absolutely. Oh, oh, oh also, let me, let me back up and say also my galleries. I have a gallery in New York, Bernaducci Gallery, uh-huh. and, uh, and San Francisco Tangent Gallery. So those are also... Um, places where my work is shown, and my art dealers will be happy to discuss paintings with you. Absolutely. Well, my son lives in San Francisco, so next time I go down and visit him, I will check that gallery out and look at some of your art in person. Can't wait for that. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything Cheryl has shared again on her Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Cheryl or Cheryl Kelly, and you'll find that page and everything will link up. I would encourage you to check out what Cheryl is doing. Her artwork is absolutely fantastic. I know you're going to love it as I have. So uh, check out Cheryl Kelly. All right, Cheryl, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing. Thank you, Mark. Oh, you're welcome. This was great fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!